which are community groups for newly married couples, and then also get the privilege of, of doing some classes like this, uh, where we get to hopefully help prepare um, parents and couples for uh, stepping into... Hello? Yeah. That you can never prepare for stuff like that. Anyway, uh, but we're hoping you know, to just have a great time with you guys this morning. And so we're thankful that you guys have, have signed up to come and to be a part of this. Um, there's going to be several different people who you're going to hear from over the course of the day, which would be great. Because if it was one person, you'd probably get bored um, out of your mind if I just stood up here with a mic all day and talked about parenting. And so I want to do some quick introductions of the rest of the team. You'll yeah, hear from Scott Kadersha, who's right here at the back. Yes, many of you all probably know him if you went through Merge here. Um, um, at Watermark, but he's the director of uh, pre-married. Um, then Sarah Foltz. Where's Foltz at? Yeah, she's in the back. She's the one that's put together all these, I mean, these fabulous notebooks, so all the information you have, and really helps organize everything really well. Um, Scott and I's wives are going to be here as well. My wife, Mandy, is right here at the back uh, in the stripes. Uh, Kristen is not here yet. I think they're doing, like, soccer and parenting class and then back to soccer. So that's their morning, which is fabulous. And then Sheila Silver um, is is one of our lay leaders that helps out a lot um, in this area. And so you'll, you'll see her as well. And then we've got some speakers who are going to come up and share with you guys that we'll introduce you guys to. Um, as you guys sit around the tables, if, if, if I guess everyone has people at their table, but we, we'd rather you not sit at a table by yourself. So even if you're not at the right little table placard, go ahead and just jump in a table with some other people so that you're not just kind of off and alone. And you know, we definitely don't want you to ever feel like you're alone in this parenting process, right? So that'd be a bad way to start off. Um, as far as notebooks go, um, on this back table, there sh- you should have been able to grab a notebook, one notebook per couple. Um, as you look through that um, notebook, you're going to basically see kind of all the different places you can you can take notes, a lot of different help pages in the back of that notebook. Um, in the front pocket, um, there's an evaluation. Um, and so as you go throughout the day, there's some of those where you evaluate each of the speakers. Um, we love your thoughts there, um, because really this this day isn't about us it's about you guys and it's about future couples who would want to go through something like this. So the, the more uh, feedback you can give us there, the hopefully the better we can make this experience for you guys moving forward. Um, so the schedule for today, um, we will be going till 3 o'clock. Um, so hopefully that was communicated well to you guys. Training day ends at 12.30. Um, at 12.30 we'll actually have lunch, tacos y mas. Um, if you've not experienced tacos y mas, today is the day. And it's good stuff. And so we'll have that here um, over the lunch time. Um, and so we'll bring that in. And then after lunch we're going to continue on with additional sessions when the rest of training day has ended. And so it's you know we're kind of going above and beyond there and giving you a little bit more than, than what you thought you might be getting. Um, On your tables, you'll also notice blue and pink note cards. Um, The blue are for boys. The pink are for girls. Um, If you have any questions throughout the day, like as you're listening, as as things are being said by the speaker, things you want to follow up on, write those down on that card, um, and then we'll we'll turn those in at the back table. We're going to have a QA and a time that will happen right before lunch, Um, and so we'd love to see what the questions are, and then the reason with the blue and the pink, we're going to be spread out on that time, and we'll have a men's breakout, a women's breakout during that time. And so that's why the note cards are there. Um, Like I said, the evaluations are in the binder. And then just to kind of cast some vision for today, why we're here, what we got going on, we we actually found a great video that is hopefully uh, just a stellar reminder for all of us why we're here. Get that, Paul? 
Hey, Michael? Yeah? Contractions are coming every 10 minutes. Okay, just remember to keep breathing. My cervix is ripening. Okay, good. Jan is about to have a baby with a sperm donor. And Michael is preparing for the birth of a watermelon with Dwight. Now, this baby will be related to Michael through delusion. Michael! Yeah? My water's breaking! Oh, okay, okay. Ah! What do you do? What do you do? I get a what call from Jan do? and I meet her at the hospital. Right. Highways or surface roads? I take Quincy Ave to Gibson. No, Gibson is covered in potholes. Your car breaks down. Adapt. I check the route. There are no potholes. It's Come about on. adapting to the circumstance. Andy, would you like to have my baby? Yes. Yes. No. Ah! Okay, no. I'm crowning. All right. I'm crowning. Babies are one of my many areas of expertise. Growing up, I performed my own circumcision. Just keep pushing. Hold me! I'm right here. Cradle I'm my right head! Here. I'm right here. I'm screaming, I'm screaming, right. I'm screaming! Right. Ah! Push and breathe. Numb me up. I want anesthesia. No, you can't have it. It's too late. No, I don't want no, natural. No, you have to just push it out. Okay! Keep simulating. Ah! Okay! Do you have the Sharpie? Keep simulating. Do you have the Sharpie? Yes, I do. Okay! When the baby emerges, mark it secretly in a kind of a mark that only you can recognize and no baby snatcher could ever copy. Okay. Ready? Yes. What was on that? Butter. Newborns are slippery. Nice touch. Good. Oh, let's try that again. It's going to be the happiest day of my life. Nice. And he summed it up. It is going to be one of the happiest days of your life. It is. So as that day comes, get excited. But our day today spent with you guys is hopefully going to help you guys prepare for that transition. Okay, so as we meet throughout the day, we, we want to hopefully kind of give you a biblical view of parenting. Right? We, we want you to see kind of what, what does the Bible say about parenting. We, we hope to lay some vision for you about God's vision for family in the midst of that. Um, after that, we want you to see that, that, that your relationship with the baby isn't, isn't the only relationship that you're going to need to work on through this time. So we want you to see, like, okay, how do we work on our marriage? How do we continue to grow in intimacy together through something as challenging as trans- transitioning into parenthood? So we're going to go through that, and then we'll finish off the day with just some practical ways um, that hopefully will help you guys, things you can talk through, things to discuss through, um, just some practical things that will hopefully help you guys during this time. And so that's how the day is going to be spent. So um, I'm going to pray for us and then I'll intro the speaker for us as well. Gracious Father, I thank you for a beautiful day like this. Lord, I thank you for the couples who are here, Lord God, who have either, uh, Lord, just been blessed with the opportunity to have a child or have been blessed with the opportunity to get to adopt uh, and bring a child into their home, Lord God. Father, I pray for um, just our discussions today. I pray for the things that we'll learn. Uh, I pray for, uh, Lord God, just how we will embrace the opportunity to leave a legacy, Father God, uh, for your glory and for your name and your renown. So, Lord God, we recognize it's from you, through you, and to you are all things. And, Lord, we ask that to your name be the glory in all these things. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to start the day off um, getting to talk a little bit about vision. Uh, so vision, a biblical view of, of parenting. And uh, we brought in a great guy for this as well. He is actually one of the founding trustees here at Watermark and is currently... Um, 
our uh, pastor of family ministries here at Watermark. Um, Kyle uh, actually has four women in his life, um, which is cool. Here's a pic of all of them. He's been married to Trisha for 20 years, uh, so she's on the far left. He's got twin daughters um, as well, Kaylee and Kelsey. They're 16, and then Kendall is 14. So he's, he's been around the block a time or two when it comes to having children and raising up families. Um, and his current mission is to train parents to raise the next generation of courageous Christian leaders. And so if you guys would uh, give a hand to Kyle Kegler. About what's coming. Well, as um, as Lance said, my name's Kyle Kegler. I've been around this place for a long time. A lot of faces look familiar. Some don't. And just uh, before I start, hey, if you're here, if you're not a part of Watermark, you have a great church you're going to, terrific. We love that. But if you don't, we would love for you uh, just to try Watermark out, come hang out with us, because stuff like this happens all the time. There's a ton of opportunities, regardless of whatever's going on in your life, for you to kind of plug in and live life with other people and parent with other people and all that kind of stuff. So if Watermark's not your place, we'd love for you to check us out and do that. Um, We've done this class several times, done it in different formats, and it is always so fun for me to come with folks that are just starting this parenting journey and kind of start it out on the right foot. I would have given anything for a class like this 20, 17, 17 or 18 years ago, okay, when, because we went through this harrowing pre-children experience, okay? And so I'm going to tell you a little bit about that story here in just a second. But if we would have had somebody come in and just say, hey, relax. God's in charge. There are other people that are going to do this with you. We just would have gone, but we didn't have that. And so it's why I'm so passionate about what we do in this class and what you're going to hear all day long from Ryan and Callie and from Kadershas and Cisco's and everybody else that you're going to hear from today. It's going to be great. The great thing is life change, life transformation starts with a clear decision. So I hope today at the end of the day, you and your wife walk away and say, okay, we're going to make some declarations today about what we believe about being parents. That y'all will talk, that you'll make those declarations, and I hope they're the declarations you live by the next 50 years of your life. You're not going to do it perfect. Okay, I'm going to tell some funny stories, and you're going to know, Lord, have mercy that I don't do it perfect. Okay, but that you're going to make a decision that you are going to choose to raise your kids God's way. That's the thing that I hope you guys decide today as we move on. Well, let me tell you my parenting story. Trish and I were married for about four years before we decided... Uh, that we wanted to have kids. And I will tell you this, the moment that you decide you want to have children, the potential for pain in your life goes up 1,000-fold. Right? All the, I mean, talk to me, all this anxiety about can I get pregnant? What's going to happen during childbirth? What's going to happen once the kids come? Can I handle it? Am I ready? All that kind of stuff. It just the potential for pain goes up like crazy in your life. And so here's what happened to us. So we decided we wanted to have kids, okay, and no go. And it wasn't a long, 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 long time of infertility for us, but we went through all the ups and downs of can't and can and doctor and medicine and do we and don't we and all that kind of stuff. And 
And we just, potential for pain, man, so disappointing and all the ups and downs that go. And finally, okay, we get pregnant. So we're kind of cruising along on this pregnancy. We're getting the house ready. We're getting the nursery ready. We're about a third of the way done with the nursery. We're at 20 weeks, and we walk into the doctor, look at the sonogram. The nurse says, Mr. Kegler, will you please sit down? Boom. Potential for pain in your life. I mean, in three seconds. Oh, my gosh, what's going on? 20 weeks, mind you. Doesn't happen anymore these days. Um, Did you know that there are two in there? I'm sorry. (laughs) What did you say? Two in there? And so Trisha immediately on the table, Doc with all that stuff on her belly and all that kind of stuff, burst into tears. Okay? Just burst into tears. I'm like, thank you for telling me to sit down. Okay? And so, so we, start, we start processing this thing. So nobody in the, the doctor's office says, hey, congratulations, anything. The first question we got is, do you have family in town? That's the first question. No way to go. Congrats. All that kind of stuff. Do you have family in town? So all of a sudden, so my mom, we we went to my mom's right after that. And my mom said she had never seen two faces in her life like what we had. Now, mind you, I am on Young Life staff and make no money. Okay? And so we are trying to figure out how this whole thing works. Okay, so that's 20 weeks. Okay? 29 weeks. Trish goes to the doctor. Doctor says, you are dilated to a two. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Go directly across the street and do not leave until your children come. 29 weeks. So she doesn't go home. She doesn't get clothes. Nursery's one-third of the way finished. And she spends 40 days and 40 nights at Medical City. They come in twos, and I have an illustration for the rest of my life. Right? No, 40 days, 40 nights, they come in twos, right? Yes. All right, it's a little early on a Saturday morning. I got you. So we spent 40 days and 40 nights in the hospital. Okay, 17 roommates. Okay, because we couldn't couldn't afford a solo room. Okay, so people coming in, coming out. Tours of the neonatal um, nursery, walking through there, seeing these little bitty babies. And, I mean, hard. Right? I mean, really, really hard stuff for us. Good news for us. It's not the story for everybody. Is Trisha actually did get to go home at 30, that 36 weeks or so. And we had the babies three days later at 5'7", five, 5'7", seven, five, seven and 5'14", and they got to come home with us. Point number one for today. God will give you what you need to do this. All kinds of possibilities for pain in your life. All of you folks that are, how many high control people do we have in the room? Just like everything, just perfectly laid out, just right. I mean, it's all going to work. God is fixing to wear you out. Okay? Because you just can't control this. And his heart for you is that you would learn to depend on him. He is in the business of creating dependence upon himself. And pregnancy and childbirth and parenting and all of that kind of stuff fits under that umbrella to create dependence upon him. So that's what you need to know is that God's going to give you what you need to do this. So be encouraged. You don't know what all's coming. Okay. But you've got a God that loves and cares for you deeply. 
and you've got a community of folks, hopefully, that are walking around you. Can I tell you, uh, when I was on Young Life staff, our Young Life committee and leader, leaders threw us a shower. We did not buy a diaper for six months. You think about how many diapers that is with twins. Okay, And I, unbelievable. I look back at that time now. Trisha does too. We, had, we kept a guest book. We had 75 different people come visit us and had some of the most significant conversations that we ever had. We didn't have anything else to do but sit in the hospital and talk to people. And so we look back now and we look at the way that friendships and relationships and ministry and all that kind of stuff developed. We look back now and it was incredible. Thankful for what happened. A couple of those roommates that were in Trisha's room actually lost, lost their babies. Right? And so we just look back and we just say, man, God, you gave us what we needed. And whether it's good news or bad news out of stuff like that, God gives you what you need and he's creating dependence upon himself. Okay. God will give you what you need. Here's what I'd love to do now. I want to give you guys the foundational scripture, okay, for parenting. Okay, in all of the Bible, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about Deuteronomy chapter 6, 1 through 9. And if you don't ever look at another parenting verse or hear anything about parenting the rest of your life, if you will do this right here with your kids as you parent, okay, you are going to be doing the right thing. So we've got some, uh, in your notebooks, you've got um, the, the actual PowerPoint slides up there and lines after there. If you want to take notes, we'll do a little question and answer at the end. But this is it, Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 9. So let me give you the setting of what's happening here. So this is at the, the book of Deuteronomy. Moses has led the people through all the miracles, parting of the Red Sea. They're at Mount Sinai. They're traveling through the wilderness for 40 years and all that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, it's time to go into the promised land. Moses in Deuteronomy gives six basic sermons, and he's saying, let me tell you how to start a civilization, is what he's saying. And so he is talking to the entire nation of Israel, and this is one of his sermons, and here is what he says. He says, now, this is the commandment, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord has commanded me to teach you that you might do them in the land where you are going over to possess it. Okay, let's start right there. Okay, circle, if you can, in your notes and stuff, the word do them, that you might do them, do the commandments and statutes of the Lord. Okay, one of the things that you need to know is that, is that intentionally discipling your kids, parenting your kids is a command from the Lord. It is not optional. Okay. Do them in the land where you are going over to possess it, so that you and your sons and your grandson might fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commands which I command you all the days of your life that your days may be prolonged. Okay, really important. Old Testament blessing, which is throughout all the Old Testament, consisted of three L's. Okay, really important. Write this stuff down. Okay, first L is that it consisted of... Okay, says your days may be prolonged. First L, long life. This is the definition of Old Testament blessing. Okay, that I am going to give you long life. Keep reading. Oh, Israel, you should listen and be careful to do it. Here he goes again. It is statutes and commands previously that it may be well with you and that you may multiply greatly. Okay, he's going to give you long life. Second L, little ones. 
Okay, it's a little bit of a stretch, I know, but I'm keeping the L's going, okay? Long life, little ones. The scripture keeps going. Just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land, L-A-N-D, third L, flowing with milk and honey. So Old Testament blessing, long life, land, and little ones. Okay? Let me give you the definition of... Uh, New Testament's probably not a great phrase. As we move into the New Testament, all that kind of stuff, blessing looks different now. Okay? And let me tell you what that is. Okay? As you go through this passage, O Israel, you should listen and be careful to do it. This is verse 3. That it may be well with you and that you may be multiplied greatly just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Here's the today's equivalent of blessing in the Old Testament. And that's peace in your house. We all know of families where their house is a wreck. Okay? And I am telling you that if you will, okay, do, as it said in the passage, the commandments and statues of the Lord, you will have peace in your house. Okay? I live in a house with three teenage girls. 16, 16, 14. One bathroom for the girls. Two bedrooms for the girls. They're sharing rooms. They're sharing bathrooms. Okay? And I will tell you okay, that in our, our house is characterized by peace. Now, characterized. Very important word. Okay? Okay? We do have spats and conflict and all that kind of stuff in our house. And my youngest daughter rips off things from the other girls like crazy, doesn't put them back, and we have all kinds of conflict as you go along. Okay? There's all kinds of stuff happening. But you know what? My girls love being together with each other. We all love being together in a house. Okay? And our house is characterized by peace. It's not perfect. Trisha and I don't have a perfect marriage. We're not perfect parents. But because we committed to doing this parenting thing God's way, our family is characterized by peace. Okay, It doesn't mean hard things are not going to happen. We have lost very close friends. We have lost parents in the midst of this. We have had kids, friends of our kids, that are not doing well and being really stupid with their life. All that stuff's still there. But our house is still characterized by peace because we said, hey, God, we want to do it your way. We want to do this. We want to keep the commands and statutes of the Lord. And so that's the heart of the Kegler house. And it doesn't always look like, but that is the intentions of the heart at our house. And so I will tell you that if you will commit to doing it God's way, your house will not be perfect, but it will be characterized by peace. Okay? Do it God's way. Let's keep going. Let me give you, before we move on, let me give one other thing. Here's, I'm not going to raise hands. I have asked people to, to raise their hands before. I'm not going to do that today. Uh, but just think about this. How many of y'all were raised by really good parents? Okay, I just want you to think about that. And so some of y'all in here, I don't know what the numbers are, were raised. You grew up in a great home. Chances are the majority of you did not. Grow up in a home where you were discipled by your parents, where your parents had somewhat of a healthy marriage. My story, just real quickly, um, uh, my sister and I were idols to our parents in our house. 
And so my mom and dad, I don't know, ever had a conversation about, hey, how are you? I never heard my dad say, I love you, although I know he did. I didn't see them interact, none of that. And then I was 15, my dad took off, and I never saw him again after that. And so the great news about that, God redeemed that story. That's how I came to Christ, became a Christ follower. Okay? This is a great chance for those of you who haven't had great parenting models, okay, to break the chain. And it's one of the clear decisions I'd love for you guys to make today as y'all walk away is just to say, you know what, there's a lot of reasons why I may not be a great parent, okay, because I don't have great role models and I wasn't parented well um, and I've got, there's frustration and bitterness and baggage and all that kind of stuff. I, I, I just want to tell you, God, gets, God can overcome all of that. And so to walk away today and just say, hey, you know what, I've got a lot of reasons not to be a great parent, it doesn't matter. With God leading our family, I can be a great parent. And so that's just one of the applications that I hope you walk away with, that you can break that cycle, break that chain that has poured in to you. And I still fight it, man. The fact that I didn't have a dad during my teenage years, God creates a ton of stuff that I still really have to work through, Right? But the Lord, friends, God's Word, Holy Spirit, all those things we talk about all the time around here can help all of us be great parents. Okay, let's go to the second thing. So the first thing we saw, flip, go ahead and flip through the Scripture, um, if you would, Scotty. Or go to, I'm sorry, yeah, um, yeah, I've got it a little bit backwards. I'll tell you, go back to the one before, it would be great. Thanks. Okay, let's do this. So we're starting in verse 4 again. Okay? It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Okay? Heard that before? It's kind of all over the New Testament, Jesus talking about that. So the first question that we asked was why we teach and the answer is so that we'll be blessed, so that we'll prosper. Okay, the second question that this passage answers is what, what do we teach? And that's answered clearly in 4 and 5, and the answer, verses 4 and 5, and the answer is, why you teach is full devotion to God. Now let me unpack that for a second, if I can. Just so you know, this, this in chap, verses 4 and 5 of Deuteronomy chapter 6 is what the Israelites, the, the Hebrew people call the Shema. And it is the rallying cry for their whole country. Okay, anytime they got together, festivals, feasts, all that kind of stuff, it's one of the things that the whole body just got into, the whole millions of people just... Shouted together, Hero Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. It was the rallying cry that brought the, that brought the country together. Let me give you a little bit of a parallel. In our country, it's freedom. Okay, when we think about our Shema in the U.S., we do parades around it. We've got red, white, and blue banners. We've got airplanes that fly over. The kind of the rallying cry in the U.S. is freedom. Same kind of thing for Israel. A huge deal for them. Okay? And so that's what they're saying. Here's what we teach to our kids is this right here. Full devotion to God. Now let me tell you why that's really important. Because one of the diseases... In our country right now, among Christ-following parents, is that we want to give our kids just enough God to make them popular, to make them kind, to make them well-liked, and to make them cool. Okay, Just enough okay, so that they can go through society in a way that's really, really easy. 
Okay, And I want to tell you what you teach your kids is different than that because all that does is inoculate your kids to the gospel. It just gives them enough Jesus okay, to where they're just, okay, we're just kind of cruising through life. And so from the very beginning, as you raise kids, I want you, would love for you, I think the scripture teaches that you teach full devotion to your kids. And let me tell you what that means. That means that your goal is that your kids are going to be set apart from the rest of of the kids that they hang out with. Full devotion. Okay? And you guys will figure that out as you go along. But my kids at Lake Highlands High School in 10th grade look different, okay, than a lot of their friends. Okay? They're not going to some stuff. My kid I my kids are not perfect. Say it with me. Kyle's kids are not perfect. Okay, I just want you to know that, okay? But my kids' lives are set apart and they're not doing a ton of stuff that 95% of the other kids are doing in school. It looks different. And my kids don't have, aren't fully devoted all the way, right? It's what they want to do. Their heart works on it. But we're constantly having those conversations in our house. So full devotion to the Lord is what we teach our kids. Okay, let's go on to verse 6. Okay, this is where it gets convicting. You ready? Okay, here we go. If it's not convicting already. Verse 6, these words which I am commanding you today. So Moses is saying, listen to what I'm teaching. These words I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. Moses, talking to the people. If you want a godly civilization, it has to start with you. Parents, wanting godly kids, it has to start with you. That the commands and statutes of the Lord shall be written on your heart first. That's how they get transferred to your kids. Because they're on your heart first. So, everybody listen up. Okay? The most important thing your kids can see over the course of the next 18 years as you raise them, disciple them, is your transformation. It's more important than teaching them scripture. It's more important than having them have Christian friends. It is the most important thing that they can see is that you as a parent are transformed. My dad, when I was seven years old, was really angry. My dad, when I'm nine years years old, is not near as angry as he was two years ago. My dad, who was really passive and initiating with me when I was 12 and 14, now he initiates like crazy. No, I don't care what your baggage is. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. I don't care at all. Okay, I want your kids to see as they grow up that my parents are more devoted to God and to our family now than they were yesterday or last week or last month. It's the most important thing your kids can see. Now, you may not that may not happen in your family. And you know what? God may still... Have your kid be a super kid, a godly kid. Okay? But I'm telling you, the best indicator of how your kid is going to do is what's on your heart, because kids have built in baloney detectors. Okay? They know when you're faking it. Okay? And they know what goes on behind the scenes. And they know when mom and dad aren't real and aren't authentic. And so I just want to tell you the things that, that are written on your heart is what get passed on to your kids. We had a great story. The gal that used to work for me, we were talking as a staff. One morning we were doing some equipping for the whole staff, and we were talking about prayer and all that kind of stuff. And 
you know, all the directors and senior directors were getting up and pontificating about all the stuff. And my admin just kind of stands up and she just kind of says, hey, can I, can I tell you the most important thing for my spiritual growth over the years? And we're like, oh, sure, you know, just speak up, kind of a deal. And she stands up and she says, I, I can tell you that almost every day of my life, if I got up to use the restroom at 4.30 or 5 a.m. in the morning, my dad was in the living room on his knees with his Bible sitting next to him. And almost every morning when I, I went back to bed after getting up to use the restroom, I'd go into the bathroom and there's a note on the mirror. And it says, hey, prayed for you today. Prayed this scripture for you today. And so Aaron gets up, sees Dad, Bible, on his knees, praying. Two hours later, sees a little note. And she says, that's the most significant thing in my spiritual growth, if you want to know that. So I want to tell you, folks, it starts with you. Okay? What your kids look like as Christ followers has a ton to do with what's going on in your own heart. So, application, if you're not doing great, it's okay. That's great. Clear decision today. Hey, God, I have blown a lot of things in my life. Will you forgive me for that? And I want to be a great dad, or I want to be a great mom. And will you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, give me the ability to be a great mom or a great dad? I don't care where you've been. don't care where you are. God doesn't either. He will forgive you for anything and everything that you've done. But it starts with a clear decision to start living life differently if you want to be a great mom and a great dad. So that's what we teach. We teach full devotion. Verse 6, what, how do we, what's the key to teaching our kids? Your own spiritual transformation. And then the last thing we're going to talk about here is um, 7, 8, and 9. So this is how you teach your kids. This is how, so we're asking all these how, why questions. Verse 7, you shall teach them diligently. Great word. It's the whole idea of initiating with your kids is really important. Okay? You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. So here's the picture. How do we teach our kids? How do we train our kids? And the answer is constantly, all the time, out of the overflow of your own heart. And so that looks looks like a couple of things. Okay, it looks like really intentional times where you kind of have a plan. Right now with the girls, we just do kind of a once a month intentional time where we'll take an hour and we'll talk about what's the biblical basis for handling conflict. What's the biblical basis for choosing friends? What's the biblical basis for having a boyfriend? So once a month, I've got three years left with my twins, 16, 17, and 18. And so I've got 36 topics that I want my girls to know, okay, before they go off to college and on their own. And once a month's not unreasonable. Hey, give me an hour once a month where we sit down and we do this family kind of study thing. And so, so far, so good. They like it so far. Okay, it's like, oh, my gosh, Dad, you're killing me. Okay, there's a little bit of that at times. Okay, but as a general rule, we get into these things. And so what happens is we kind of have this family. Hey, how are we doing? And so last time or two times ago when we talked about this, it was a great chance for Kelsey and Caleb to say, Kendall is wearing us out. Everything we own, she takes and does not put back. And when we need it, we can't find it. Gives Tricia a chance to say, my makeup is disappearing every day. 
Okay, And so we get to sit around and talk about the conflict that's happening in our house and how do we handle that and what are consequences and what do we do and all that kind of stuff. And so you're constantly taking opportunities. So there's planned times with your kids. And even though you folks have, don't have kids yet, I want to tell you that there is a great Bible for kids. Okay? A great Bible for little kids. It's a picture Bible. It's great. Okay? There are great songs. There are great hand motions. There's all kinds of stuff when your kids are really young that you can do to teach your kids. And then the best teaching, from my perspective, is teaching that just happens on the fly. So Trish and I are getting after each other one time in the car, and Kendall's in the front seat by herself, and we're kind of conflicting back and forth and all that kind of stuff, and Kendall's like, this is a little uncomfortable with me back here. And, uh, and so we're talking about that, and I said, hey, Kendall, do you know that Mom and I kind of get after each other a little bit sometimes? And she goes, well, yeah, I've, I've seen that. And so let me tell you something. You know, Mom and I do this a lot. Because in my family, I never saw my parents fight, ever. 17 years later, they're, they're divorced. The family across the street fought all the time, and I thought they were the most unhealthy couple I'd ever seen. They're still married. And I told Kendall, I just said, hey, we do this. This happens. We have conflict. We get frustrated with each other. We get angry with each other. Can I tell you something? Your mother and your dad will never, ever, ever divorce. Okay? And we will always handle conflict. Always. We'll deal with it. We'll handle it. And we get a note that night on our pillow before we go to bed. Whew. Kendall just says, Dad, I am so, Dad and Mom, I am so thankful that y'all are committed to handling conflict. And I mean the security that built in her. But you use those moments to teach your kids on the fly. There's all kinds of things to do that. So how do we teach? We teach all the time out of the, out of the overflow of our heart. Okay, let's look at the chart. So real quick, here's what we've done with Deuteronomy chapter. So why we teach? So you'll be blessed or you'll prosper. What to teach? Full devotion to God. Key to your teaching your kids, your own spiritual transformation, and how do we teach constantly out of the overflow of our hearts. So that's Deuteronomy chapter 6. Okay, so the summary of all of that is, okay, God's way works. And again, I'll say it again, a clear decision is to walk out of the day and say, that's how I want to raise my family. Scotty, would you throw up that the Deuteronomy 6 chart that we've got? Hey, this is something that's not going to be super applicable for y'all over the next two years or so, probably. But after that, this is gold. Okay? And so it's the best thing. And we, we totally stole it in the family ministry uh, area at Watermark. But this is something that uh, some folks that's called the Orange... Um, Think Orange is the name of the book it comes out of. But this just gives you a little bit of a guide on how to intentionally disciple your kid. And for a lot of us who need some guidelines on this, this has been incredibly helpful. And so it's basically Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7 uh, that we talked about today. So when it talks about going on the streets and when you travel and when you go to bed and when you um, wake up in the morning, teach your kids. This kind of gives you a guide on how to think about that. At mealtime, time for formal discussion, you're the teacher. It's a great time to establish values. Okay? At drive time, when you're in the car, informal dialogue, you're their friend, you just kind of help them interpret life. Bedtime, intimate conversation, you're their counselor and you build intimacy with your kids. 
Morning time, encouraging words. You're their coach. You help instill purpose in their life. And folks, that doesn't take any prep. Right? That's just on the fly. And if you want to prepare for the first one, mealtime, formal discussion, walking from your bedroom to the kitchen, hey, Lord, I'd love to help my kids today. What is it that you can give me that I can talk to my kids about? Boom. And you're done. That's your prep. Okay? So a lot of us get overwhelmed by all these great parents out there that have this incredible curriculum that's set out for their kids and all that kind of stuff. That's not me. Okay, I am a much better on-the-fly person. But you do have to take the few seconds to just kind of be intentional about thinking about how do I disciple my kids. So keep that chart, and, uh, and that will be helpful for you. Put that in a baby book or something so you see it again. Um, let, the last thing I want to say about this God's Way Works things is this. If you are not intentional with your kids you will lose against our culture now. Okay. The culture is too strong. Okay. It wasn't in my day. Okay. When I was growing up, the culture wasn't strong enough that good morals and good family values and all that kind of stuff carried the day. And so that I grew up kind of a moral kid with moral thinking and all that kind of stuff. Okay. And at some point, God interrupted my life and drew me to himself. Okay, I will tell you, if you're not intentional with your kids now, about if you want your kids to be godly kids, if you're not intentional about that, you will lose. Because the culture is too strong. Okay, all the stuff we're fighting right now, the wave, the media, all that kind of stuff, it's just so strong now that if you're not really intentionally battling that, you're going to lose. Okay. Good reminder for us. Okay, a couple of quick things and then we'll do... Little questions and answers. Um, family priorities. Okay, Lance, what time am I supposed to be done? 10:30. Is that right? All right. Thank you, Scott. Okay. So family priorities. Here they are in order. Okay. And under family priorities on your little sheet, you've got to write down. I have got to fight for this. Okay. It is a war for you to keep your priorities straight when you become parents. So we are telling you, uh, everybody today believes this, is that the most important thing as you become a parent is you continue to keep God in first place. Okay? Ladies that are about to have babies, okay? It's going to be really, really hard for you to maintain the same type of schedule that you have right now. Okay? It's just going to be really, really difficult. So... Hey, wise spiritual training takes into account season of life. Okay, so if there's a couple of days where your Bible sits on the table and you don't pick it up, relax. Okay, it's okay. Can you think of a better place to learn what it means to serve than in a house with a two-month-old? I think that's pretty good training for godliness right there. So it's just going to look different, but it's still real important for you to keep God for, in first place. And so, as you do, think about spending time with God, reading the Bible, listening to worship music. Man, just do it out loud with your baby. And I think Callie and Ryan will probably talk a lot about that stuff as they kind of go through their practical stuff. The important thing is just that God, God needs to be first. Okay? Husbands, you can help that like crazy. So let's talk about spouse. Here it is. Okay? The biggest potential idol in your life starting when you have your baby, maybe now already, is your child. 
It is so easy to let your kid become the center of your life. Because physically, it's going to. Amount of hours, amount of energy, all that kind of stuff that you're going to spend with this baby and all that, it's going to try to dominate your time with the Lord or your relationship with God and your time with your spouse. You have to fight against it. Okay? Men, you ready? Here we go. This is where you can be the biggest help in the world to your spouse. Okay? I will tell you, the greatest opportunity for you to love how to be a servant, same for your wife, is in the house with a little bitty child. And so how you get up in the middle of the night with your baby, okay, how you take that kid so you can give your wife a break, okay, gentlemen, how you push your wives not to let that baby be the idol in their life is very, very important. Okay? I forced... Strong word, almost, okay, Trish to go on a date a couple of weeks after the baby came. Now, it was a drive date, 25 or 30 minutes just around the neighborhood, okay, was all it was. Twins, right, okay, let's go do this, okay. And so we have, for years and years and years and years, been really consistent with a date night, even during, okay, young, young, young years. So, Guys, don't mandate it, don't manipulate it, don't do anything like that, but work real hard to get your wives to let somebody else keep that baby at a really young age, okay, and to get out just with your wife. Just remind her, hey, it's about me and you right here. Okay, how are you doing? How's your walk with God? How can I help you? How can I serve you? What's going on? Help. I, again, forced, eh, too strong a word, okay, but at six months, Trish and I went to Disney World, Okay, for five days, left the twins at home. She was breastfeeding, all that kind of stuff. Okay, and I just said, we have got to get away, okay, and spend some time. Okay, so guys, love and help your wives in the midst of this season. Okay, learn to serve like crazy. Okay, then third thing, next priority is your kids. You've got to take care of kids. Be intentional, okay, about discipling your kids. And then the last priority is work, extended family, all the other priorities that you have. And so there's a great book by Andy Stanley. Some of us guys, a lot of us guys, overachievers, type A, workaholics, that's kind of my heart. That's kind of the way I'm wired. Andy Stanley wrote a great book called Choosing to Cheat. And the theme of that book is if you are going to cheat any priorities in your life, you cheat work. Okay. Okay. I, I just want to tell you, it's right. Okay. Don't cheat your Lord, don't cheat your spouse, and don't cheat your kids because you'll pay the price later. Okay. The guy that runs our um, prodigal ministry, uh, Jay Burns, Great ministry here at Watermark, but he would tell you that he let his kids become an idol in his life. Okay, and he didn't discipline his kids like he should, and he didn't set boundaries for his kids like he should, and he paid the price to the point where the elders at Watermark sat down with him about four years ago and said, Hey, you need to put your kid on a bus with $45 or whatever it is, and you need to be prepared to stand over his grave. You've got to let him go, okay, because he is a rebellious Hard-hearted, hard-headed kid. Good news, a few months later, he came back, and he's doing really well right now. 
Okay, but if you don't get your priorities right, that whole peace thing that we talked about, that Deuteronomy 6 talks about, that tends to go away. Okay, two last things, universal truths. Okay, so oh, I got one other thing before, so you can leave that there, Scott. So the last thing, so do it God's way, keep your priorities straight, and the last thing is, hey, if things start going south, ask for help. Okay, raise your hand. Guys, sex is hard. Okay, during this whole pregnancy, kids are young, all that kind of stuff. It's tough. So you work together with your spouse to kind of figure that out. And if it's not going well, ask for help. Okay, get help. If, okay, the marriage isn't going well, your communication, all that kind of stuff, if it's not going well, ask for help. Call the marriage guys here. Call the family folks at Watermark and just say, hey, we love God, we love our kids. Man, we're coming to church, all that kind of stuff that you're doing. But man, this is really hard and we're struggling. Ask for help. Don't be too prideful to say, hey, we're, we're not doing this very well. We need help. Okay? So four, four principles. God will give you what you need. God's way works. Keep your priorities straight and ask for help if you need it. Last two universal truths that go on parenting. You ready? Number one, there is no guarantee that your t- child will turn out to be good or godly. Y'all all right? Okay. You can't control your kids. And you will never learn that more than when your kids are teenagers. That God has stewarded your kids to you, okay, for a season, okay, to train them, to build them up, build them up. but you'll be amazed at how early you don't have the ability to control your kids. Again, God is about to have a ball for you control, all us control people, right, that we don't have as much control as we think around this deal. And you can't control that. You just can't. You love your kids, you get help, you teach them how to do it God's way, and you trust the Lord. Because He's good and because He's sovereign. Last thing. God's grace covers a multitude of parenting mistakes. Hallelujah. Okay? Is that you don't have to do this thing perfect. You don't have to make all the right decisions. As a matter of fact, you're going to make a ton of wrong decisions. You're going to look, oh my gosh, what am I thinking? Why did I do that? Why didn't I do that? I was listening in the car before we had kids. One of Dr. Dobson shows, and he just says, hey, you know. He says, hey, if your kid crosses a line, you give him a consequence and we're good. I am telling you the gray area in the middle of that is so confusing you won't believe it. Did they cross a line? Did they intentionally cross a line? Was that rebellion? Was that ignorance? What was that? Did I do my job to make sure I communicated to them what the boundary was? It's incredibly confusing at times. There's a ton of gray area in this deal. God's grace covers a multitude of parenting mistakes. So, thrilled you're here today. Just, just even by being here, okay, tells me that you want to love your kids well, and love your God well, and raise great kids. So way to go. Way ahead of where I was. Okay, 17, 18 years ago. So let me pray for us if I can. Then we'll do a little bit of Q&A. Father, I thank you for the folks that are in the room, and I thank you that your word has given us a guide for how to love our kids and raise our kids and how to lead our family. And I just pray, Lord, that you would, as we talked about today, that it all starts with a place of our own heart. And so I pray that you would convict us today, pray that you would guide us, teach us today, Father, that we would make clear decisions today about who we want to be as parents, about who we want to follow.
about how we want to raise our kids. So would you just bless the families that are in the room? Father, I pray that you would bless the kids that are in the womb. Father, and I pray, Father, that you would help us, parents, church, friends, raise the next generation of courageous Christian leaders. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, a couple of questions is all we got time for, right, Scotty? Okay, perfect. Thoughts for me? Flesh this out. I, I got to do the philosophical thing today, and there'll be a lot of more practical stuff. But anything I said that you're like, you're crazy. Overwhelmed? <laughs> okay, perfect. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, terrific. Well, you're in the right place. Okay, and there are folks in this room, Scott and Lance and all those folks, and that's what they do all day, every day, is meet with people and talk about how to make their relationship great. Okay, getting ready for this. So it's great. So make sure you see those guys after, or I'll be back there for a little bit. Okay, Lance, you and Scott, raise your hand. And so those are the guys back there that you'll see. Perfect. Great question. Thank you. Anything else? All right. Well, you guys have a great day. Thank you very much for the privilege to do that. All right, thank you, Kyle. Kyle is like greater than a venti cup of caffeine coffee, full of energy and life all the time. And so, thanks, Kyle. Um, hey, let me let me put one thing in your mind too for down the road. Kyle leads a dad's class uh, that we do. When, when's the next one you're doing, Kyle? Uh, we're not 100 percent sure. Probably January. Yeah. So that's perfect. Y'all will have your baby or babies by then. Uh, some I know some of you have multiples. And so um, that is, I've been at Watermark for a decade. That is one of the best things I have ever been a part of here at the church and so look for that that will be a great class for you to take it doesn't matter if your kids are 20 or two weeks old that dad's class is awesome so we're going to give you like a nine minute break right now <laughs> bathrooms are out in the hallway on either side of the elevator boys room girls room there's snacks in there um that is it so take nine minutes come back and we'll see you after break